Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn here as we uh, continue through the month of December and a uh, hopeful resolution to the 2020 part of the uh, boys' basketball season, the girls' basketball season, wrestling season, and everything else that's going on, a successful Christmas season as well. A lot of awards handed out the last couple of days. Mr. Football goes to a young man from Division One in uh, Corey Kiner of Roger Bacon. Congratulations to him. A lot of delays and cancellations on the basketball side, but two terrific basketball coaches in St. Mary's Girl coach John Burke and uh, Lincoln View head coach Brett Hammonds coming up here in a few, and also one of my favorite people in the entire world in Jerry Snodgrass spends some time with me and talks about everything going on. Always a fascinating interview, and tonight is no exception. Women's basketball in the college level kicked off last night for the week. The Bluffton women with a win over Adrian College. Head coach Chad Shuttler won his 300th game. Congratulations to him. BG women in action tomorrow night at Eastern at home for Eastern Michigan. Looking to get to 4-0 and on the season at 6 p.m. And the Finley women are going to play home after a handful of cancellations and postponements and reschedules and all kinds of craziness. They're 1-1 one one on the year. They'll host 2-0 Tiffin. Tiffin, who features Liberty Benton graduate Savannah Richards. Just under 14 points a game for her. Should be a terrific matchup. You can find it on uh, Fidley's athletic website and on their web, their, uh, web stream as well. They do a nice job, especially since nobody's allowed in the building. Local news, Perry football coach Dan Baker, after three years, announces his resignation. Says uh, he's got some other opportunities that he wants to try out. OHSAA sent out a survey this week asking about expanding the playoffs to 16 teams per region, if guys and teams would be okay with that. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. Shout-out to Defiance. Addison Fleischman broke the school's diving record that was set back in 1988 earlier this week. And a piece of sad news, Jack Hamill, the Lima bowling legend, had a column in the Lima News Unfortunately, passed away on Monday. My thoughts and prayers to his entire family and everyone who knew that man. Uh, a lot of folks said he's a great guy. Girls high school basketball tonight on Z Sports 3. We've got Spencerville hosting Paulding. You can watch it back on Friday on WOSN. Crestview at Columbus Grove and WZOQ Radio at a game integral to both teams' chances to win the NWC. Crestview already Loss to uh, Spencerville last week. Audeville and Miller City on Z Sports Live. Minster New Bremen on WKKI. And a big matchup on Saturday in girls basketball. Minster at Fort Loramie on WKKI about 1.30 in the afternoon. A lot of great games going on and a lot of folks bringing you those games as well. I know uh, WDOH and Delphus has got some games uh, going on as well as Fort Recovery on Fort Recovery Radio and the uh, Mac on WCSM as well. Just a handful of places that you can find a basketball. A lot of good boys matchups tomorrow night, but a couple of them that have been pushed away. Originally, I was supposed to have uh, Fort Jennings hosting Audeville. That didn't happen. Some uh, pausing of sports at Fort Jennings will cost him games with Audeville, Ayersville, and Crestview. And then... Uh, 
Tenora was going to be the replacement to play at Audeville on Friday night. Unfortunately, Tenora has an outbreak, and they're not going to be able to play for the boys' side. Ottawa Glendorf was supposed to host Delida in a girls' basketball tonight. That game pushed away the fifth different cancellation for the Bulldogs. Liberty Benton was supposed to play tonight, their opponent, and Tiffin is in quarantine as well. And an outbreak at Shawnee has cost the Indians future games with St. John's Defiance and tonight's Salina. Um, other bad news, the 2021 inaugural MLK Classic at Fort Loramie has been canceled due to travel restrictions on the part of some of the teams that were supposed to take play. Now some good news after I get all that out of the way. Uh, shout out to Noah Miller, tight end for Coldwater. He signs to play at Ohio Northern University. And he'll be a part of the terrific Polar Bears program they've got up there. All Ohio announced the last couple of days. Division One. our locals all come from Vidley. Luke Montgomery makes the second-team defense list. Elijah Baxter, third-team defense. Isaac James, Ben Ireland, Evan Winans, and Max Roth all named to honorable mention all Ohio. D3 a couple of days ago, Tanner Howell of St. Mary's, first-team defense, and uh, terrific selection on their part because that kid has a motor that will not stop. Second team goes to Keith Hauser from Wapakoneta. Third-team offense still at Harmon from Elida and Brian Ward of St. Mary's. Pair of Rough Riders, Hunter Fultz and Brandon Bowers, uh, NAB honorable mention uh, selections on the uh, D3 list. And you go down and look at the uh, D5 All-Ohio team. Tyler Leopold from Ottawa-Glendorf is a uh, first-teamer, along with Mason Richards from LB and Luke Jackson from Indian Lake. Speaking of Indian Lake, they are well-represented on the uh, D5 All-Ohio team. Logan Evans from Indian Lake. Second-team offense is teammate Lane Mefford, second-team defensive selection. Third-team offense, Carson Bay from Versailles. Brendan Blevins from OG. Kanan Stoner from Ben Logan. Connor Clagg from Liberty Benton. And teammate Carson Doolittle all represent the third-team offense. Nathaniel Dyree of LB, Adam Elia, Ben Logan. Will Kaufman from OG. Dylan Schibler from LB all on the third-team defense. And then honorable mention going to Lucas Pritchard of Bath and Landon Jordan. From Ottawa Glandorf. As the uh, D4 first team, not a surprise. The offensive player of the year, and Owen Treese from Van Wert and the state champion Cougars. Joining him is teammate Drew Johnson on the first team list. Jaden Cornell from Kenton, the uh, terrific wide receiver, making first team D4 as well. Just one selection on the defensive end on uh, Division II's defense list was Turner Witten. Uh, no locals on the third team, but honorable mention picks to Blaine Houston and Kenton and Zach Heinz from Kenton. Keith Recker, well, I mean, he did all right. Ends up being the uh, coach of the year in at Division Four after leading the team to the state championship. And uh, even uh, a little further back, D7, Coach Chris Schmidt from New Bremen, the coach of the year, well-deserved. Kale Long from Riverside, the offensive player of the year. Sean Thomas of LCC, Brody Brecht of Crestview, Bryce Basinger from Pandora Boa, Peyton Nadi from Marion Local, LCC's Zach Jacobs, Riverside's Max Stevens, Arlington's William Flick, all on the uh, first-team offense in D7. Defense went to New uh, Bremen's Mitchell Hayes, second-team All-Ohio on the offensive end. But the defense went to Grant Meyer from Marion Local, Rossi Moore from LCC, Max Hoying 
from Fort Loramie, Tavares Glenn from Perry, and Devin Frilling from Riverside. Second team All-Ohio in D7 on the defensive end, Zach Berkey from New Bremen, and Charlie Hillsman from Marion Local. Third team, Marion Local's Robbie Busher. Then an honorable mention for uh, Perry's Demarion Gibson, Carson Kreischer from Crestview, and uh, Troy Mesher from Marion Local. D6, well represented in the area by the uh, Columbus Grove and uh, Coldwater boys. Miles Blasengame, the Offensive Player of the Year in D6 at Ohio, the state championship quarterback. Joined on the first team by his teammate, Jesse Meyer, and the Grove duo of uh, Gabe Clement and Gunnar King, as well as all Ohio honors for uh, Blake Reynolds from Grove, Jay Mullenkamp from Coldwater, Ezra Jones from Grove. Those guys all picked third team, all Ohio. And then honorable mention goes to Brandon Hancock of Tenora, Troy Hess from Coldwater, Blake Hirschberger of Allen East, Tyson Shuttler from Bluffton, and John Banal from Columbus Grove. Those are the uh, all-league picks. or uh, Sorry, the all-Ohio picks. They're also all-league all picks. But a, uh, a big big year for local sports and football. And also in soccer, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And uh, congratulations to every one of those young men for uh, their honors and uh, for their seasons. We'll take a look at St. Mary's girls basketball when we come back. We've got John Burke, the head coach, in waiting. And then uh, Brett Hammonds from Lincoln View and Jerry Snodgrass here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Back now talking about basketball and girls basketball here on the show with St. Mary's head coach, John Burke, who I found him. He was nice enough to unlock the door in the hallway to let me upstairs. I'll do some favors for you every once in a while. It's it's nice when we text back and forth and it's, oh, yeah, no, I'll be up there. Well, you got to be able to get upstairs first. Yeah, that helps. Getting yeah. through the door is usually the first step. I am actually thankful, by the way. I know Thanksgiving has passed, but thankful you let me back in the building. It seems like every time that I see your team, uh, bad things happen, or uh, it's described as, yeah, we just didn't play well that night. Oh, you're a curse. Uh, I don't know how you got <laughs> That's why we had the door locked. Well, see, the joke now <laughs> tonight is going to be that you actually let me in the building. Yeah, that's, so, so tonight's my fault. Poor judgment on your things part. Things don't go our way. But it is, a, it is a big night. Obviously, you get uh, blue and gold all throughout the building. You get Delphi St. John's. And people who don't know, we're taping this Tuesday night right before the game. But it's a team that you're still trying to find yourself. You've got a nice balance of young players. You've got some explosiveness. But finding uh, kind of groups you can put on the floor together to make it all work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we have a pretty versatile lineup. Uh, we've, we're, like you said, we've got a nice mix 
of nice varsity experience with some youth and inexperience. Um, but we, we can go a couple different ways. We can go big for us. We're, we don't have a, a real, uh, I, I call it a true post. Uh, Carson McLaughlin's our, our true post. So she's a young varsity player. Um, so she's coming into her own. And then we've got uh, Kendall Daringer and Noe Ruane. Elena Manker's been in our lineup for since they were freshmen. They're all juniors. Haley Felver and uh, Kylie Tennant um, are seniors who have been on our roster for the last couple of years as well. Haley has been playing varsity ball since she was a freshman. So it's nice to have her leadership on the floor as well. Um, but we feel like we've got some uh, versatile lineups. We can go small and fast. We can slow the game down if we need to. Um, so we, we like the mix that's on our roster on the varsity level. You had kind of an awkward week last week because you, you play early in the week. Your Thursday game gets pushed away. And, and that 2020 thing is, I don't feel like that's probably the last time that will happen to you. But you play on Saturday. I mean, how is that week from a coaching perspective or even just from the girls' perspective? I think what was difficult in the schedule, and I think we're just going to have to get used to this 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 season, unfortunately, is we played uh, the Friday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and then we had a whole week and a half before we played New Knoxville. Uh, it just kind of takes you out of your rhythm. And when you get too many practices in a row, you're beating each other up, you're getting mad at each other. It's usually not good for each other either. Um, it would have been nice to have a Thursday game, but um, that's the way it's kind of gone. We've already had four or five teams in girls basketball who've had to quarantine to start the season. Um, it's just the way it's going to have to go, and I think every week you're going to you're going to be lucky if you get some games in. And I think that's uh, what we've got to really appreciate this year is just um, being blessed to play the game that we all love, and that's why we're doing it. it. Well, it obviously changed your thought process coming into the season because you didn't get the normal shootouts that you would go to or your normal practices. I mean, how how was the first day of practice with getting the girls to go? Okay, you know. I'm not trying to tell you you have to be good from the start, but we need to hit the ground running. Yeah, it was it was kind of an awkward summer. We came in and did some things, but we had strict OHSA guidelines for a while. We could only have six uh, in the gym at a time. Uh, so it really wasn't until the end of July when we were playing each other uh, four on four, uh, getting up and down the floor. But the beginning, our preseason was a little weird because our girls' soccer team made a nice run uh, through regionals and made it to regional finals. And then when they got beat at regional finals, I got sick with COVID. So I was out for two weeks when the soccer girls came out. So I wasn't at a scrimmage one time. Our JV coach, uh, actually our assistant varsity was quarantined. So our JV coach was taking both JV and varsity in the preseason for those two weeks that are, uh, you're really trying to figure out who you are as a team and, and putting different lineups on the floor. So we're still kind of getting through that a little bit. My first day back as a coach was our first game at, at Fort Jennings. And I hadn't seen our soccer players since. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it's Good been a them, weird season. It's been a weird season already. Well, in that first night, too, with Jennings, they lose a couple of good players from last year and kind of their top two scores, trying to find each other. I mean, you were able to gel. You get 71 points right out of the gate mm -hmm. just – Kind of one of those things of a perfect confluence. Everything just sort of worked out that night. It really did. Our, our defense looked really good that night. Uh, I thought. I think our defense has been one of the things that we've really hung our hats on for the last couple of years. Uh, Fort Jennings is they're young. Uh, I think they had mostly sophomores in their lineup. Um, 
and it, I think we got some steals up top about half court and you know even in half court we were getting some steals and, and getting down the floor uh, we were shooting really well that night too and that usually helps talking to John Burke the uh, girls basketball coach at St. Mary's game two is really a heavyweight prize fight because you win you get the last 11 points in that game you beat Collada 30-19 uh, that I was watching the scores that night and I had already seen Collada gave OG a heck of a run in their opener uh, Titans had 11 turnovers it seemed like right out of the gate but what I know Klausing is really good for that team but what was it about your what was the magic bean I guess <laughs> I don't know. gave the girls right before the fourth quarter <laughs> I think it was the other way for them I, I think uh they weren't shooting very well in the second half either. Um, uh, Kaleida's defense is very good. That Coach Huber over there in Kaleida is a very good coach. They are well coached. They're fundamental. Uh, they're physical. Uh, so the first half, they definitely had us. We were out of sync, out of rhythm. Uh, second half, I can't say their offense was any better, but I we held them scoreless the entire second half. Um, and, and so we were fortunate that things kind of went our way and we got some baskets at key moments. Um, which was different last Saturday when we were playing in Knoxville. Um, so it, it's kind of when you – we have a nice schedule. We have a good schedule. Um, in any night, if baskets are falling, you're going to win. And, and if you're struggling to get them, you're going to lose. <laughs> That's just the way the game goes. Well, it's weird because in a normal year, I don't think you would qualify for a Putnam County League title. But right now at 2-0, <laughs> and uh, the way 2020 is, I mean, you might be able to. You, you've only got what? you got a good Audeville team that's uh, doing some things right now. you got to get past them, I think, coming up. But yeah, PCL is a tough conference. We right. try to stay away from them. They're pr- pretty good teams up there. You look at the Knoxville game, and they have got, obviously, a couple of really nice players, but you did a a terrific job with being able to uh, shut down Avery Henshin for the most part. She gets the run in the fourth quarter, but just sort of changing your philosophy or trying to make maybe Morgan Laufel or Ellie Gable beat you, was that the theory? Well, yeah, we knew we wanted to stop Avery Henshin, uh, and and we knew Ella Gable, and we knew that Laufel could play. Um, I think... Uh, Luffle got out in transition early in the first quarter, uh, and we were not getting back in transition, so we had to fix that. We had some long rebounds. Uh, we had wide open threes that didn't go down, long rebounds, and it ended up being layups for them on the other end. Um, it, it, when the ball just doesn't bounce your way, it can really <laughs> hurt sometimes. So we got out. I think we ended the first quarter at down 17-2. to two. Um, the rest of the game, I thought we played fine, uh, but by then we, we had missed some key shots. Uh, it was at 0-0, we missed wide open three. At 5-2, we missed an open three. Uh, we missed some open layups. We got some shots blocked. Uh, that New Knoxville team is very good. They're, they've got – they can go fast if they need to. They can definitely slow the game down. You know what you're getting. You know you're getting a flex offense. You know you're getting a tough man-to-man defense. You just got to go out and execute and play your game. I'm always – making up things that coaches are talking about throughout the course of the game and people always think that's not really what they were saying right no there's no way end of the first quarter you're down 17 to 2 I mean you only have 60 seconds what wisdom are you imparting to the girls in the huddle uh my wisdom that night was I was pretty frustrated that we gave up so many defensive transition points and second chance baskets uh those are things that we work on every day defensive transition something that we really take pride on so we we needed to cover our defensive transition better um and New Knoxville was physical we just needed to make sure we were playing one possession at a time uh, and we were able to do that a little bit better in the second quarter go out and get a basket get a stop get a basket get a stop 
against New Knoxville, though, whenever we got within 10, we just couldn't break that hump. And then we would miss a basket, they'd come down and make one. And you, you're all of a sudden, instead of a 7-point deficit, you're looking at a 12- or 13-point deficit. Well, and it was such an odd thing, too, because end of the third quarter, there is one of the most ridiculous heaves for three I think I've seen in a long time. I, now, I saw from this angle uh, up high and watched the arc on it. From the floor, <laughs> there's two seconds when Knoxville gets the steal. I turned away thinking, well, there's no way they're going to get a shot off. And then all of a sudden, bang, from half court. Oh, that was an amazing shot. And it was it was kind of funny because that's kind of how the night was going. I felt like we had some wide open shots that we, could, we couldn't pray the thing in. And they were making everything. They shot over 60% that night. She shoots, uh, just to describe it for the listeners, she shoots something that would look like a soccer throw-in. It, <laughs> it, it was a two-handed, over-the-head over shot from behind the half-court line right in front of the scores table, and that thing went straight in the basket. And Again, just to kind of pick off, that's how your night went. But big game's coming up after tonight. You get a very good St. John's team here tonight that's got two terrific scores. They share the ball very well. Uh, how do you slow down multiple, kind of like New Knoxville maybe a little bit? Yeah, uh, East Delphi St. John's, we've got some pretty good history here the last just the last couple of years. I know the program has really good history, but uh, last year uh, we came down and we won the game on a one-and-one. Uh, Carly Kaywood made free throws as with one second left on the clock. And the year before that, went right down to the wire as well. So we've had some really good games against each other. We actually match up really well against each other. We're both uh, more guardish uh, type players, athletic, uh, fast and quick, um, and, and like to get up and down the floor. So St. John scored 69 points against Crestview the other night, but they can also win those games that are a little bit lower scoring in the 40s uh, and maybe high 30s. Um, they are a very good shooting team. They like to spread the floor, go one-on-one. So we're going to have to make sure we move our feet and stay out of foul trouble. Um, one of the things I kind of like over here, Mike, is they've got their little ice buckets over here by the bench. <laughs> that is not, that's a nice touch. I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't let mine have one of those out in the stands and have some Bud Light in it. <laughs> well, right, right. Now, that may be after the game, though. <laughs> right. That will be the answer to the question. Was John Burke drunk with these calls during the game? No, he was fine. Uh, the rest of the season, I mean, you never look ahead, obviously, past tonight, but you've got heavy hitters on your schedule, and it, you kind of have the, right, let's call it the blessing this year of getting a lot of those games at home. Does, at this level, at this point, in 2020 or in general, does that make a difference? That's a good question. I think um, more of the difference is the travel, and it probably depends where you're going. Uh, certainly when there is a crowd, it makes a difference. Uh, when, when you've got, we've played against some pretty good student sections, um, and it does make a difference in, in in what you're facing <laughs> when things aren't going your way and you've got an entire crowd that is imposing their will on you too it, you, you have to be mentally tough but uh yeah the crowds can still get kind of loud and you, you still hear them um in it but it's more fun when the crowd is here uh but more than anything it's the travel um uh, getting on the bus, it's cold on the bus, <laughs> getting off the bus and getting yourself loose, um, playing in a gym, you're not used to the lighting and trying to get yourself acclimated to the gym. Uh, it's more about the sitting around and what your routine is. You're out of your routine a little bit. you got to get figure out your, your dinner. And uh, some of these these games don't start till 7, 7.30. These girls have to figure out their eating routine and things like that. But uh, they're, they're used to it. They're young. They can acclimate. The good news is you don't have to go to OG. You don't have to go to Minster. They come here. The bad news is yes. Minster and OG come here. 
<laughs> it's kind of a catch yeah, twenty two. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's uh, it's neat because obviously this being so much different than football, in that you want to play a lot of those teams. And I know you you and I have talked about this before about you know we we care obviously, but we don't necessarily care so to speak about what our regular season record is. Mm-hmm. In that we don't we don't want a, a fifty point win. We want to play. We might lose by five to one of these bigger teams, but. Right we're going to be better once the sectional tournament comes around. Yeah, scheduling, uh, I talked to Coach Fry here on the football staff, and uh, scheduling is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. Uh, and you got to strike that balance. You want to challenge your team. It's no good to go out and beat a team um, and just wipe them off the floor, and it's no good to be on the receiving end of that too. You need to find that balance of a team that's going to uh, challenge your group and put you in situations so you're ready for it in the postseason. Uh, obviously, our, our goal is this year to win a WBL championship and get as far to state as we possibly can. Um, and in order to be ready, you've got to play games where you're in late. Most games are decided by one or two possessions, and, and you've got to make sure that you're finishing games and you've got your strategies well in place and kids understand what we're looking for at the end of games. And the only way you can really practice that is by doing it in a game-like situation. Well, by the time that this airs, people will know the answer to this question. But, uh, again, we taped this before the St. John's game on Tuesday night, and uh, I'll know if I'm banned by that point. i got to come back here one more time for the OG game in a couple weeks. But I think at that point, hopefully, you guys are on a run and uh, you're having a terrific season on your way to a terrific season. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, if things don't go our way, we've got a camera here in the gym. You can sit out in the parking lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> you I can, can pay $7 game from and there. watch the stream. <laughs> That's right. The game sounds like it's being called from the parking lot. Uh, yeah. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. I always enjoy when you come on and we get to sit and chat. I appreciate you uh, doing our games and doing the coverage. I know the people at home really appreciate it. Thanks for covering our girls. Well, as long as you win, they will. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> like, Me I'm, too. Not, right. I'm not listening to that anymore. <laughs> That's John Burke, the uh, girls head coach at St. Mary's. He's back with more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Urban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Welcome back. Talking about Lincoln View basketball now, head coach Brett Hammonds, and we were just joking uh, a couple minutes ago about it's a very busy time for you, not only today, but it's weird how these now three-hour delays that schools have made up in the last handful of years can change your entire day. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Especially, you know, teaching in elementary, when we eat, you know, the encore, our specials we have, and you know, especially here, you know, when we go three hours away, we got to go till four and, you know, trying to work out basketball this morning because we have a home girls game that starts at uh, six o'clock. Uh, we go till four and, you know, we're usually out of the gym an hour before game time. So moving junior high practices around and 
we're also trying to figure out we have a junior high game that's supposed to start at five o'clock and with the limited number of bus drivers we have it's trying to figure out when that game's going to start and those sort of things so yeah it's cr- crazy times when we have three hour delays here and they say that coaching is easy you just show up and coach the games <laughs> no it, it's difficult you know we have so much going on that's behind the scenes that it, it makes the job uh, hectic at times Maybe you could just uh, have your players come and watch the kids for an hour. You could just go take a nap. Well, I do have uh, one one of my uh, players is an aide in my classroom. So he comes down for about uh, 40 minutes at the end of the day and helps out. So you know, there's been a time that uh, he's helped out with a group or two. So it's been nice to have. I can only imagine it's probably the rest of the time as the rest of the boys look at him and like, do you spend enough time with coach? I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, it's been nice for me. I mean, every year I've been here, usually one of my players comes down and helps out. And, you know, a couple of my other players come down to other uh, elementary classrooms. So, you know, I think they just like getting out of the high school end and coming down and, you know, being around where some of us teachers are at down here. I'd probably have to try to use that in practice. You know, something goes wrong, and you're like, all right, suicides, everybody on the line. He's like, Coach, remember, uh, I got that thing tomorrow where I got to take care of those kids. That, yeah, that's right. And, you know, they give some of that every once in a while, um, and those sort of things. That's what I've actually had kids in the past that have uh, dressed up uh, in the holiday season around this, like the Grinch or uh, Cat in a Hat and those sort of things. And, uh, kind of enjoyed it and they've actually tried to wear those costumes at practice one time so that, that was an interesting one <laughs> it's cool though because uh, you know you hear a lot about this kind of at smaller schools about everybody's more it's laid back it's a little more jovial and how did that practice go as was the Grinch just running up and down and you're just wondering what's <laughs> happening in your life well I, I let them do it for uh we always have warm-ups uh do some stretching and that and I let them keep them on for there but then they uh chose they were getting a little hot in those costumes so they actually uh chose to take it off but you know it's just laid back it's fun and you know having kids here we have great groups of kids that they just make the job enjoyable and again kind of with a a smaller school too you're able to see them on a multitude of levels with coming off a golf season and i mean that had to be kind of a challenge when you went to start the season of you didn't know if you'd get to the tournament rounds yeah, and, um, you know, we were able to make it there, and, and it was fun, and it was nice that, uh, you know, we've been able to transition into basketball and those sort of things. But, you know, at, at this uh, time of year and, you know, what the world's going through, you know, we just try to live it day by day, you know, hour by hour. And it's, it's stressful on the kids, you know, not sure what's going to happen and those sort of things. And, you know, in golf and then basketball, you know, the kids have had great attitudes. Uh, coming in every day with a smile on their face. So, you know, all we can continue to do is ask them to, you know, keep working hard and, you know, enjoy the time, you know, being in high school and being with their friends as much as we can. Well, I was thinking if you guys ever get like a Wii golf program or maybe, uh, you know, playing some Tiger Woods, I'll come over and I'll ask for some pointers. But I don't think even your coaching is going to help me at this point in the golf game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell my guys, you know, a lot of my guys are uh, can be better than me. Uh, you know, I just try to be there, you know, help them with some things, but the mental aspect of the game, like I try to explain to them, it's huge. And, you know, don't want multiple bad shots in a row and, you know, understand you're going to have bad shots and, you know, just one to step back and, you know, refocus every time you hit a golf ball and uh, those sort of things. But yeah, it's been, 
it's been a fun sport to coach. I just figure I pay for the whole course. I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. and, and you pay one round, and you might as well use as many shots. As right, as right. Can. That's exactly right. I'm get, just you know, trying to get, get out and do some things. <laughs> Absolutely. But Especially it is uh, around that time of year. It's nice weather. Right, and it, the joke of that is, is that with everything going on, I actually haven't to go, haven't gotten to go for a couple of years, so I'm even probably worse than the last time I went out. <laughs> but it is cool. I mean, well, to be able to do that kind of with that transition of everything, and, and just to be able to get outdoors at this point. Yeah, and that was a nice thing. You know, we were able to. You know, they want us to social distance and those sort of things, and um, you know, we were able to do that and just to be outside and be active, and uh, that was kind of nice to have. And, you know, the way I golf and some of our other kids golf, you know, we're hitting the ball left and right. So it kind of helped with our social distancing as we were we were going along. Every time we used to go, my, uh, we'd go out to Deerfield and we'd go around the third yeah. or the fourth hole. And uh, my uh, stepdad would just be lost in the woods for about an hour. We'd catch him on the way back around as we came back around to nine. <laughs> yeah, and... and- you know, it's unfortunate, you know, Deerfield closed. And, you know, growing up in Convoy, we would go to uh, Pleasant Valley Golf mm-hmm. Course up around Payne. And, I mean, that thing's wide open. So, I mean, that that was nice to golf. And, you know, you have eight going up to one side. And, you know, with my slice, it goes off to the trees. Sometimes we got to go out there and try to find it. But, uh, you know, it's always good going out with family and, and friends to get that opportunity to golf. Hey, he was he was always happy. He came back with eight dozen balls, and he just went with one. So I, you know, it worked for him. But we used to go to uh, yeah. par three at Tamarack, and I was always happy because all the real golfers would go to the real golf course. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like going to those type of courses too, and uh, it's just enjoyable. Well, how's the transition there from the end of golf season to the beginning of basketball season for this year with everything going on? Um, you know, it's been a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, I've been lucky enough the first few years of coaching golf that you know, I've actually had one golfer make it to districts as an individual. So um been pleased with him, and he'll be back next year. And I mean, it was a week right out of golf. He had districts on uh, a Thursday morning, and it came back that Monday is when we started conditioning for basketball. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, you know, we jumped right in. Uh, the lucky thing for for me and our program, the rest of our coaches is, you know, we have a lot of kids back. So they kind of know what to expect from us, uh, which has been nice with everything we've missed. And, uh, you know, just getting to see those guys and, you know, getting practices in and those sort of things. It's, you know, going from one sport to the other is a quick turnaround. But, uh, you know, I don't have to sit around. I get to stay active and I get to do things like that. You were supposed to start the season with Van Wert. Uh, they were a little preoccupied. I, I don't know. I think they had something going on. Uh, you get yeah, Continental. Totally and... They won the win the state championship. <laughs> right. I mean, how selfish of them, you know? I know. Uh, come on. Now you got to figure out what to do. and You know, but it, yeah. it's it's so great, obviously, for the community. And you get uh, the start a couple of weeks ago against Continental, beat them by 19. You uh, go to Upper Soda Valley and... Uh, you talk about being short on bus drivers. I mean, your four games in a row aren't exactly close trips to McGuffey, Wayne Trace, to Spencerville, to Fort Jennings. I hope you right. have cozied up to somebody. Yeah, well, we tried. We actually were supposed to leave at 4.10 Tuesday, and we really didn't get out of here until 4.20 because, I mean, with everything going on, they had to do the route, sanitize the buses, and then take off again. So, I mean, we didn't get to... Uh, 
McGuffey until about, I'd say, 5.25, almost 5.30. So we got barely warm-up time, but you know that's kind of how it's going to be on all of our road trips. The good news is you get to have road trips. Exactly, which is nice. And, you know, you see all the news coming out with all the quarantines and those sort of things. And, you know, as long as we can keep driving to different schools and getting the opportunity to play, we're going to travel wherever we need to. I saw on Twitter you guys have something called the crash chain. You, jo- you joined <laughs> the do. fad. How did that come about? Um, you know, it was one of our first few practices, and uh, we I have uh, Benji Byrne, who who is the great assistant coach to have, and you know, we were uh, talking about the turnover chain that Miami had, and you know, we're, we're just trying to motivate our kids to try to rebound a little bit more, and you know, work on getting second and third chance opportunities, and you know, we have special names for our uh, guys on the offensive end when we wanted to do a crash, and. You know, we made a decision that uh, we were joking around and forth, back and forth with our, our team. And they're like, it'd be great to have a crash chain. It'd be this. So, you know, without them knowing, we uh, went out and got one. We had a parent help uh, pay for it. And, uh, yeah, so every, every game, we gave it at the scrimmages. Every game, you know, we've handed it out and we let the players pick who should get it. And, you know, it's a big celebration for them. You know, and it's, it's something they like to have. They wear it going into the game. They wear it leaving the game. So uh, it's a pretty cool thing that we've started up. You know, it's so funny because you've been at Lincoln View for 14 years now as a head coach and the way that things have sort of shifted from that time of going back and telling first-year you, hey, you know, at some point you're going to figure out a way to motivate the kids. You're just going to give them some cheap jewelry if they rebound well. <laughs> I don't know. That's some solid gold. <laughs> well, that's that's true. I, I didn't see the whole picture. But, yeah, I mean, you always try to find things as coaches because, you know, different things motivate different players. And, and, those, and you know, we have a great group of kids. And some of these guys I've now had at varsity for three years, and we get along extremely well. And, you know, it, it's just fun. But, yeah, I, I don't think the first year I coach, I'd be, you know, trying to pull hold us off. How was it with, uh, with the state appearance a handful of years ago with – how you're able to, I know you guys are big on bringing guys back and them speaking to the younger boys in about just kind of experience and everything. How great have your alumni been for your program? Oh, they've been phenomenal. Uh, you know, especially that group that we had that went to state in 15, 16. I mean, I try to get those guys in uh, every year around Christmas time. And it's unfortunate this year we can't get them in, but, uh, you know, they come in and act like coaches. You know, I tried to get Chandler Adams to be on staff, and he was busy. But, you know, I have Austin Leaf, which is Clayton's older brother, who's my point guard. You know, he's keeping stats for me this year, and he comes in. And Justice Dowdy, who I've, uh, I coached also, is, is an assistant freshman coach. And, you know, just bringing those guys in who love the program and just the knowledge they have. Because, you know, in the past, we've had kids that uh, want to come in and prove they're still got it. And, these kids want to come back and, you know, what prove, you know, I want to make this team better. I want to make the program better. And if they see something going wrong, they're willing to stop the drill and, you know, help these kids out. And I think sometimes, you know, those kids, our high school kids will listen to them about one back sometimes better than us. So, you know, I'm willing to have that uh, brought up and then come in as much as we can. I assume that the baseball team and Eric Fishball give you absolutely no help whatsoever, right? No, none whatsoever. <laughs> I, I didn't figure. He's busy, I think, raising a barn right now. 
Uh, exactly, yeah, painting it and doing all that. It's, it's just insane. Uh, big couple of games coming up for you. Uh, Wayne Trace, you guys have struggled kind of with them the last three years with the talent that they've had over there. But a big game in just one game before you go double dip away from your house next weekend. Yeah, and, you know, Wayne Trace is always a big one for us. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. We played in the tournament a couple of years ago. And, you know, we've lost the last couple of years in the regular season of them. And, you know, it's a good battle. You know, that, that's a very well-known program. And, you know, to go, you know, try to beat them and go against them, you know, Coach Linder always going to have them ready and prepared for whatever we're going to try to run. So, you know, that's going to be a good one. And, you know, we love having them as a non-conference game. And, you know, then we got to turn right back around and have our first double weekend of the year, um, you know, hopefully against Spencerville and Fort Jennings. But, uh, you know, this is one we'd like to get this weekend. I know our kids are motivated uh, for it as well. Are you aware that you have enough games on your schedule to qualify for a Putnam County League championship this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every year uh, we get that opportunity. I think the only two Putnam County League schools, well, after this year, uh, we don't play is Pandora and OG. And uh, yeah, we we've always linked. We've always played uh, those teams, and you know we've kind of joked around in a couple of our years. We kind of had a a good enough record to to win the Putnam County League, but. Uh, you know, it, it's a great conference, and, and we're lucky to get to play all those schools that uh, we, we do. If that happens, then I have a very poor sense of where Middle Point is located. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very close to Delphi, uh, but yeah, we uh, travel, travel away. Some of those games are closer than our uh, conference games, you know, going to Allen East and Paulding and those sort of things. So, yeah, we can make it to Fort Jennings and out of it a lot quicker. You've gotten uh, a couple of games into the season. Season continues, quote-unquote, normally. What are you looking forward to either from your team or just sort of as the year goes along? Um, you know, I'm looking for us to be successful. Um, you know, we have everything back from last year. We have our top eight guys back from last year. You know, it's a very experienced group. And, you know, they've set goals. You know, we want to keep getting better, obviously, taking care of the ball and playing defense. But, you know, I just want to, you know, see growth and see our youth guys compete um, day in and day out and just the competitive nature that all of our guys have uh, to be the best they can are kind of some of the things, you know, we want to see. And, you know, when it comes to big games, going to Crestview, going against Grove, uh, and, you know, all of our conference games for that matter, um, just want to see them compete and try to win those games. Well, awesome. I uh, I wish you guys the best of luck this year. I, I know I, I see you at some point, but I can't remember – when that is, I, I'm I'm excited. I love what you guys are doing over there, and it's obviously a very fun environment for kids. Yeah, you know, it's enjoyable. That's what we want to make. You know, we want kids coming out. We want kids wanting to play here at Lakeview. We've had great numbers. We have the most we've ever had here uh, this year. We have a big freshman class, so you know, it's enjoyable. It's fun, and you know, the tradition we've kind of started here. You know, we're trying to build on that, and you know, I've just been blessed to be able to coach here. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's Lincoln View Boys head coach Brett Hammonds. We're back here in just a few with more. Check out the new Lincoln View Athletic website at lincolnviewathletics.org. 
Athletic booster meetings are held the second Monday of every month at 7 o'clock in the high school Newbrick Lecture Hall. The goal of boosters is to enhance our student-athletes and coaches' lives by providing funding and programs that create community pride by developing leadership skills, teamwork, values, and sportsmanship. That's the Lincoln View Athletic Boosters. Find them online at lincolnviewathletics.com and go Lancers! I am always happy when I'm able to have this gentleman on this show. I've been on games with him. He's been on halftime and state championship games. We've had him on this show a couple of times, also on Sports Corner as well. But Jerry Snodgrass, the question everybody wants to know, do you have your Christmas decorations up yet? (laughs) You know, I, I can tell you this, Michael, that for the last 12 years working in Columbus and living in Finley, uh, you know, Christmas was just a, a lot of these things I never was able to do. Um, I raked my yard this fall. Uh, I have a bunch of old mature trees, all the things. I have three grandchildren that I didn't even know I had. Now, again, I'm making fun of that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I had my Christmas decorations up. Uh, had them up two months ago now. <laughs> oh, no, no, I got to go now. Uh, I, you can't be one of those people. No, I really don't do that. What point did you start singing Christmas songs, though? That's always my big yeah, thing no, because I, everybody does it before Thanksgiving now. No, 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 no. I, I avoid all. I avoid all that too. I, I'm not. I'm not into that. I get very disgusted when I start seeing Christmas ads. You know what about Midsummer? Whatever it is, I I don't like the commercialism of Christmas. I realize that it's there, but uh, that's just that's just me. And whether I'm old fashioned or not, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're looking for some extra things to do, I've got a whole laundry list that the wife would like me to get done around the house I can give to you. Hey, listen, hey, listen, being home for as long as I have been, uh, you know, and being benched like I was, um, I painted every room in my house five times. If there's ever a color, any of you or your listeners want to know, I probably have used it, painted the outside of my house, uh, something I've been going to do. And uh, so, uh, no, you know, I'm... I'm pretty well. I still have a lot to do on the to-do list. My friends at Sherwood-Williams in Cleveland will be happy to hear that. Yep, I have one of my former players works there as well, so uh, I'm sure that he will be thrilled as well. And obviously, we're not going into the whole thing, but what we're talking about for anybody who lives under a rock and doesn't understand, uh, Jerry not the executive director of the OHSAA anymore, and again, not, not going into the whole thing, but with having that time, it's... I don't want to say there's ever a good time for anything that, that's gone on between now and then, but with everything that's going on in the world with the pandemic and with COVID-19, I mean, it, it at least it kind of gives you a chance to, like you said, get some things done and sort of, for the most part, be away from most people. Yeah, you know what? It does. And that, that has been a very common question. I've had many people say to me, aren't you glad that you're away from that? But I think the mindset, and especially your listeners, you know, I was a coach and I've often said, I even said this on your show before, I think that, you know, one of the things that prepared me the best for the job that I had been doing really for the last 12 years was having coached. And why I say that is really from two things. One, you hope for the best and plan for the worst. Every successful coach goes into every week of a season or off season with that in mind. And I always was able to do that. And I was well trained to do that. I often said, because so many things did go wrong when I coached, but not really, you know I mean? But that's, that's the coaching mentality. The second part of that is coaches thrive on impossible situations. 
there's not a coach out there that would be listening to this that wouldn't say, deep inside, when they face an opponent on a Friday night, football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter, that when they face an opponent, that there's no way on paper that they can beat that team. They don't have the talent. They don't have the depth. Um, they just thrive on getting into that week of practice where they work on beating that team. And every once in a while, you do it. And that's the part that I miss the most. I mean, you just can't take, you can, you know, um, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. And that's really where I'm at. Um, stir crazy. Um, you know, wanting to be in the fight, wanting to be in the, you got to remember, Michael, I was part of, unfortunately, having to close all of this down. Anybody that would have been in that position would sure love to be in the position of bringing it back. So there you go. People uh, kind of look at that. And I mean, you've done so many different things. I always love, and, I, and I've texted this before, but I always love any time that uh, the classic games are on and it's the old jet black hair and the mustache. Anytime you're shown on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I remind, I always reminded my staff that would see those, you know, and I still go back and do one of those games every year. I'm doing one this year over at, hopefully with all things uh, material as I'm doing one over at uh, the Hoosier gym. I don't know for sure who's playing, but, um, but anyhow, when I go back and do those, you know, somebody on my staff or one of my friends always comes across that always a younger person. And I just remind them, Hey, listen, mustaches were popular then. <laughs> I don't think they ever go out of style. It's just a matter nah. of being able to get it in back into the mainstream. Exactly. Well, and it's interesting too, because I know that there are a handful of local teams. I know uh, in January, Salina is supposed to play a doubleheader against Coldwater at that gym. And I know Fort Recovery is supposed to play there at one point, but just uh, what an amazing thing to be able to walk into that gym. And, and I've seen the movie, I don't know, a million times, but to have done a game there, that is just such an awesome venue to be able to to be around high school basketball. Isn't that something? You know, there there are a couple of movies that whenever they're on, it's like everybody's going to watch them, and they don't care how many times they've watched them. You know, the Home Alones, the uh, Shawshank Redemption, which much of that was filmed in my hometown of Upper Sandusky, and I know people that are in the movie. Um, Hoosiers, one of those. I was very fortunate when... Uh, I was working in Columbus. We had many meetings with the National Federation in Indianapolis where their headquarters are actually connected to the NCAA. And in that relatively short jaunt, Knightstown, where the Hoosier gym is located, uh, just a few miles off of I-70, was kind of an easy drive. So I stopped there on the way back from Indianapolis one day, rainy afternoon, nobody was there except the caretaker of the facility. And him and I got to know each other very well. We still talk occasionally on social media. And uh, I'm thrilled to be able to go back to January 9th. So it's one of those teams playing that I, I look forward to that. But um, on January 9th, and I look forward to seeing him again. And you're right. You just walk in there and you're just it, it, you're in awe of this place. It's such a nostalgic movie that was done the right way. Guys could really play. It is January the 9th. That is the, uh, the doubleheader that they're supposed to have, hopefully. In well, Indiana. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed then. That's good to know. Yeah, that one was on my schedule for uh, as soon as it came out. I remember Eric Goodwin talking about it, the AD at Coldwater, and I just thought, yeah, no, we're we're making that trip. And uh, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident it's going to happen, but if not, we're just going to have to move, move the game to Coldwater and then play there in 2022. Yep. 
Yeah. Of course, who knows what any see, of that I is guess. gonna mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, we shall see. What's the people always talk about their worst movie. What's the worst movie though that most people are, are just like, why that you stop and watch every time? Boy, that's a great question. <laughs> I really can't answer that. I I don't know. Um I bet if I thought long and hard, I could find one because I would tell myself, why am I watching? <laughs> right. But, uh, but uh, the other ones that call, uh, you know, not, not to belittle anything here, but uh, I, I noticed the other night that air, probably one of them is airplane. Air, <laughs> the movie airplane came on the other night and I'm sitting there at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, still watching. I can't turn it off. Why am I watching this? I could repeat the lines, yep. in it, you know, but, but uh, that's probably a good example. But I still watch it. There are a ton of movies I'm not allowed to watch with my wife because yeah. I won't shut up. Super Troopers is one. Um, the Replacements is one because Keanu Reeves yeah. and his Sugar Bowl meltdown. But uh, yep. it's it's just it's so interesting with everything that's going on. You talk about you talk to coaches all the time. I mean, what's their feeling about if we're going to continue to be able to go on i mean if we're not if we're going to be stopped how that works yeah i had a discussion this morning with uh uh this morning of us uh, doing this uh with somebody that's close to the governor i mean i'm not on the you know before i was on you know what i say weekly calls with the governor and almost daily almost uh, either with uh l- lieutenant governor or one of their assistants almost daily uh, of course i'm not privy to that anymore and uh, they, off the record they kind of dropped me like a hot potato there, you know, but, but to be expected, but nonetheless, uh, person I talked to this morning, that still, uh, is in contact with them, does not see the governor shutting things down, um, pausing things. So, you know, it, it appears that, you know, you know, there's a lot of controversy on this, but, and, you know, we all have our own feelings on this, but that schools will make that decision. And I think that's where the governor's at. And again, I haven't talked to the governor, so that's just hearing that secondhand. But uh, that, you know, they're letting the schools make that decision or local health departments. And that's even controversial. So, um, you know, it's, you know, hope for the best plan for the worst, I guess. I can tell you that the uh, state championships were very different this year for football, not only because it was forced with everything in Franklin County to be moved to Maslin and Maslin did a terrific job as they always do but I know just for me personally and that's the only person I'm speaking for right now I missed when three Northwest Ohio teams were able to pull off state title wins and especially with the way the last day ended with two field goals from the near exact same spot in a three-hour span I missed being able to hear what bars you had been to in their towns (laughs) hey restaurants Let's get oh, I'm straight. sorry. Yeah, no, this, this show, I'll say whatever I want. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know establishments. How that. about you, that? Yeah, it, there you go. You know, it's funny you say that because in all reality, especially when you're talking about three, four, however many schools, you know, in a normal year uh, from the MAC and from that whole area, uh, the Van Wert, places like that. Um, you know, having I, I thrived on being in those communities. I. I I go back to this may sound crazy, but when I coached, uh, whether I was at Ridgedale, Defiance, Brian, uh, Finley, um, I just had this, you had to live in the town. I don't know why I just, you know, how could I coach? I mean, I'm not against any of those that don't do that because the world is different today, but I just felt 
to know the people, to know the demographic, to know what your family lives are like. Um, and I prided myself in even those other schools that won state championships. I can assure you this year that I was in their communities too, or at least in their school if they were a parochial school. I wanted to know their school and community. And when I would often say, you know, about an establishment, uh, I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that in smaller towns, it's not just that it's a bar, you know, and, and I got accused once and, and I, and I understood it that, you know, I was, you know, kind of promoting young kids going to, to uh, drinking establishments, alcoholic staff. And no, 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 not at all. I mean, there are many people that go into these establishments, they're bar restaurants. Um, you know, I, I went into uh, McSober's in uh, Coldwater. I hope you got uh, some when wings. I was in the, Yep, when I was in their community. And little did I know at the time um, that uh, who owned, who was one of the owners of the bar that had just worked the state baseball ter- bar restaurant that worked the state baseball tournament the past season. So, you know, you really get to know the communities that way. And it wasn't that I was promoting anything like that. I was promoting people. And, um, you know, you know, you're right. I, I, I love doing that. Um, Sometimes on the bad side of this, and things transpired, uh, you know, they didn't do those this year. And I kind of heard indirectly that they're not going to do them in the future because they don't want to. Um, you know, I understand where they're coming from. I, I'm not that I don't know if they will or won't, but I prided myself in doing it. And I prided myself in having staff members do it. I thought it was I thought it was a high school tradition in the state of Ohio. And I still believe that. Well, Denny and I personally love. Uh, the young lady that did one one year, we, I remember we were in Columbus, and the exclamation is something that we still use is uh, she tried to, she attempted to say, you're now the Mac Daddy of the Big Mac, and <laughs> it didn't exactly come out correctly, so we always just laugh about it because we had our, our microphone up that night, and people are still, you know, anytime the Mac wins something, and Denny and I joke, we're like, well, I guess that makes them the Mac Daddy of the Big Mac. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, you know, but that that was one of the other things, too, that, you know, I think over the last year, couple of years, actually, when I was at the OHSA, that, you know, each staff member was gradually taking more pride in learning about the communities more. And it's not that they didn't before, but, you know, it's just that no canned experience. And, you know, it's always a challenge to, you know, I will tell you, this, I think Division One schools, uh, the difference. They want the trophy and move on. I remember giving a basketball trophy one year to the Division Ones, and as the players were in front of me, you know, the public can't hear this, but, you know, guys in the front row, just give us the trophy. Just give us the trophy. You know what I mean? They were saying that, and I respect that. They don't want to hear as much. The smaller communities, though, you know, from everybody in the MAC to the Mercer counties and, and all those areas, you know, it's such a community thing. And that's what I loved about the job that I did for so long. Well, I can tell you that I have seen that from sitting there watching games for years, whether it's the smaller divisions that we cover or the bigger divisions that you can kind of tell. I mean, from press pro, you can see the body language and the smaller teams. It always seemed to me, you know, the last time I remember Marion Local being down there, they didn't want to leave the court. So <laughs> you have to right. think like... Now, hold on. Now, we're going to go through this. We're going to give them all. We're going to talk about the names, talk about cheerleaders, talk about mom. Jerry's going to speak. Uh, at some point, we have another game in a couple hours. 
Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, some of those too, it's difficult for me to keep it short because, you know, for one, my, um, one of my players when I was the head coach at Ridgedale um, was, was in the state term, took a team to the state tournament twice, and I was able to honor him uh, or their team. Uh, Kirk Lehman, when they won the state title at Defiance, uh, Kirk was a player at Defiance during my first year of coaching there. And I've maintained a great relationship with Kirk through the years. And, oh my, and, you know, I often say that, you know, I still consider Defiance my home. Um, it wasn't, but it was my first job. I stayed there for a number of, you know, a few years and, you know, before I moved on, but my friends are still there. And when I gave them their award, it was, I mean, I saw my old players sitting up there, you know, I mean, they're parents now, you know, I saw Kirk. I remember Kirk growing up at playing at Bronson park, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, I could have gone on for an hour with that one. Well, it's funny because I always wanted to hear you announce uh, Spencerville being able to win a state title. Not only because I mean, that's where I'm from, it's my alma mater, but because I wanted to hear you explain, you know, you make that right turn down Broadway and go past my place. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's pretty much the end of the tour. <laughs> you know, like, well, oh, you, you know, pass the hardware store and then you get to the VFW. Well, all right, turn around, go home. Yeah. Well, you know, on top of that too, though, is the aftermath of winning that state tournament. And I know it occurs more and more, but in communities where those fire trucks and the police officers meet them at the uh, uh, city limits or the town limits, uh, take them through town. I mean, what an experience. Yep. And, and I mean, I mean, you're talking about lifetime memories and more than just the lifetime memories, because that's a big part of it. It's the leadership that's then put forward by those kids. I mean, you look at any head coach, men's, women's, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. They will tell you their job is to not just win ball games. Yeah, the pressure and, the, and all that, yes. Their job is to make, help make good young men, good young women, help make good society individuals. And I think, you know, those things are then imparted to the next generation. And that's something that, I pray that we do not lose as a result of this pandemic where not as many fans can go to ball games anymore. You know, when will it come back? So those are so cool things, you know, the fire trucks and everything else. I always remember 2014, the Columbus Grove team goes to the state semifinals on football. And after they won to get to that game, I remember being in Columbus Grove and they toilet papered the whole town and everybody is like, this is the one time where you've made a mess. People are standing in the streets. They're so happy. And uh, I also remember the uh, the caravan, the OG girls played in Columbus in the early afternoon. And then the boys had a regional final in Bowling Green. And after the girls lost in the state finals, I remember everybody getting in the car after meeting the girls up front of, okay, now we have three and a half hours to be in Bowling Green for the tip off of this game. And it, it is so cool though. And I, and I don't know, for instance, my wife is from the Cleveland area and we talk about all the time of how things are different with sports and not that there's anything wrong with it, just that it's different of what you're saying of, you know, turn out the lights. Granny's going to the ball game. Everybody better be there versus it's just kind of a thing that goes on in some places. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that is just, you're right. It's, it's, it's just a thing that goes on and it just it has to continue. I mean, that's the, uh, I mean, I, I remember having, uh, last year, 
I got to be very close with the uh, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker. Uh, a lot of people would a lot of people would know who he is. He's the one that knocks on the door of the pro football player on the weekend that they select and tells them that they're in. And mammoth guys, I think he's like six nine. Uh, I thought he said he was boarding on four hundred pounds. Ma- massive, wonderful human being. And uh, but I in a meeting with him uh, not long ago, he shared with me he had a pyramid of the number of individuals that have played high school football. And of course, then he narrows that pyramid down to how many are in the pro football hall of fame and how many are living, uh, that are in the pro football hall of fame. And it's just, it's amazing that pyramid and those numbers. And when you look at that broad base of how many play high school football, I mean, just that alone, I mean, and, how few of them make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, let alone in pro football, because that was in the pyramid too. How many have played pro football? And you just come to the reality of how important high school sports are to the development of a young person, men, women, your young boys, young girls, uh, how important it is and, and how important our coaches are to that. I'm just in amazement. I I just looked up C. David Baker at six nine four hundred pounds. That's uh. I, I was right. How's that? Yeah, that's that's a heck of a takeaway. But you're right. I mean, it is kind of interesting. We're in an kind of an awkward thing. Twenty twenty is never going to end. By the way, we're just going to continue on uh, the week or month thirteen of twenty twenty. I think in twenty one. But I really hope, uh, as far as normal, whatever that means things kind of get back that way we're able to get back i i think all the time about with having a daughter being born in the early part of 21 i'm gonna have to explain some things that you know we're not gonna have movie theaters anymore or we're not gonna have this or that and it's just crazy that i hope i never have to explain you know we used to have high school sports that people could go to yeah you you bring up some very interesting points and you know first of all uh, if you'd like to go in and invest with me on drive-in movie theaters, yes. I think that's, uh, I mean, I'd, first of all, I'd love for those to come back. And they may. That's the, Van, the, the Vandell, I want to hit all the time. Yeah, there you go. I just marvel at forward thinkers and those that take risks. You know, uh, you know, I'm sure that costs money, too. But, you know, that take risks on seeing things and taking those risks on how things will develop. But on the other hand, something I think that's really come out of this, People could disagree with me, but what I, I see this, I call it from the outside looking in. I'm not dealing with it every single day, but I follow coaches. I see what they're saying, doing, and what I've really developed from this. So what I've learned is that I see coaches at all levels. They just want to play. They just want to play a game. When's the last time that you could ever believe that a football coach would be looking for a game on Friday night the day before. Right. They've been canceled on a game, and on Thursday they're looking for somebody to play. Football coaches, they're the worst creatures of habit. You know, they have to meet on Sunday at 105, not 106 or 104. They meet at 105. Oh, you know you've what been I mean? talking and, to Doug Fry, I see. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way they are. But for them to let go of that, and really, all they want to do is play. I then go to that next thing of, you know, 
this is a stretch when I say this because you could say they always wanted to, but they've imparted on kids to play the game for the right reasons. They're not playing anymore right now for college scholarships. Why? A lot of them aren't there anymore in some sports. Uh, college is dropping programs in some sports right and left. They're playing for the love of the game. And I, I see that as a huge benefit for sport in general. And, uh, you know, I, who's, who knows what's going to happen with scholarships in football and basketball, you know, at the college level. So, again, players are playing for all the right reasons. But why? Because good coaches are imparting that by, hey, listen, we don't care how good they are. Let's play them. And I like that. I really am proud of that. I wish that I had put some stock into Zoom. Uh, how many Zoom calls do you think in the last year you've done? My gosh, you know, we were talking <laughs> about that at one time. I remember when we first worked, started, I sent the staff home on March 16th to work remotely. And, you know, of course, you didn't know how long that was going to be. And, you know, it was the right thing to do at the time. And right about then, the world shut down. And, you know, I remember starting with, we were going to have a Zoom call as a staff every single day at 8 or 8.30. Why? Because, by golly, I'm not going to let those people sleep in. I'm going to make sure they're behind that computer screen. Well, that faded pretty quick. And what I really learned from that, though, is that by and large, and, and I think the world has seen this, by and large, people were much more productive at home. And I think we're all seeing that my daughter works in the television business, and uh, she is not on the air anymore. She used to be, but... Um, her job, she's now in sales, which I, God bless her for doing that. She may work from home for years to come. And I think you're seeing a lot of people. Some people can't do it. They're not good at it. But people, by and large, are much more productive. And I had to learn myself that, gosh, you know, instead of working till midnight every night, because, you know, I'll just get up and get a sandwich and go back to the computer and have a Zoom call, whatever it might be. But going back to your original question, oh, my gosh, the Zoom calls. They got to be a little bit tough after a while. I know uh, a lot of coaches have talked about that with me about, oh, we're not doing a Zoom call, are we? No, we can just do a phone call. It's fine. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, Michael? I'll add to this. I know we're not necessarily talking about that, but that's why I have the utmost respect for teachers across the, across the nation, for that matter. But, you know, the teachers, you know, in Ohio that are trying their darndest to keep people engaged, to keep kids engaged and learn. Um, I don't know if I could do it. And uh, uh, my heart goes out to them. I have, you know, two grand, my grandchildren are in school and um, for, for their people to do that, their teachers. Oh my gosh. I just have all the respect in the world for them. I try to teach the animals at my house and that doesn't go well. So I can't imagine <laughs> trying to teach classrooms or virtual classrooms of other people's kids. So you're right. Yeah, all all the thought with them in the world because that's that's not an easy job then when they're in person or now. One hundred percent, you know. As a uh, as a former teacher myself, I say I was a proud teacher. I like to believe I was a good teacher, and I taught the sciences uh, most of my career in the classroom. And you're right; it was hard enough then being on stage six and seven periods a day and. You know, I'd find myself in the afternoon, did I really say this to this class or not? Was that the previous class? <laughs> you know, and then to do this virtually like this, you know, very, very challenging for them. I didn't realize until recently, if you, you'd like to argue with Jerry, he's got plenty of free time right this second. At Jerry <laughs> underscore Snodgrass on Twitter. Yep. 
But I didn't realize, I always wondered why you weren't just at Jerry Snodgrass, and I never thought to look it up until just now. And I realized that there's a uh, a former defense contractor consultant and an author who has at Jerry Snodgrass that has never tweeted. No, I didn't know he never tweeted, but but uh, you're right. When I first did this, and I'll tell you what, you know, not, not to digress on this, Michael, but I will. <laughs> How's that? Um, I had a staff member, uh, one of my assistants, a very, very good assistant of mine. It was probably six, maybe it was seven years ago because I not long ago got my seventh anniversary thing. And by golly, I can't understand how I can't get verified. But nonetheless, um, that, they should be verified. That aside, yeah, that aside, seven years ago, I had a staff, young staff member said, you need to get on Twitter. And I, you know, I had this envision of like, I'm not putting my life story out there. And she said, no, no, you, you tell our story that way. So I did it, you know, and one follower led to another follower and, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, I tinkered around, learned, I learned how to uh, use an app that schedules tweets that go out, you know, on different times. Sometimes that's not good because, you know, you put them out for a year from now. I probably have some tweets going out now from the OHSA that, you know, were scheduled a year ago. But, uh, but nonetheless. Uh, it was a way to tell our story. And when I interviewed for the executive director's job, one of the things I stated very clearly is that I was going to tell our story, the OHSA story. And why I was going to do that is I was a strong believer that in the absence of that, people would make up and tell our story for us. And I think that's true in any walk of life and any business. You better tell your story. And uh, so, you know, I, I always did that. And every once in a while when somebody would put something out that's was totally false, I never got in arguments, but I would correct it. And I don't regret that. Uh, I think some people um, that were overseeing me probably didn't like it at times. I, so be it. I mean, it's so be it. I, I would say this. I interviewed and made that very clear when I was interviewing that I was going to do that. And I did it. So uh, I thought it helped tell our story and, gain trust in our organization. And that was a big mission of mine. Well, I can tell you, and I'm a big fan of Jerry underscore Snodgrass. And uh, as a person, as a uh, Twitter person, I, I still can't believe you're not verified. Maybe we'll get to work on that, but I always enjoy our chats and I'm so glad uh, we're able to do this. And I'm glad now I got a, for other people who don't know, I got a Facebook request one day and I found out, uh Oh, Jerry Snodgrass is back on Facebook. Something's going yeah, down. I find- so I finally did that, you know, I mean, I, I finally did that, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, again, I'm not big on posting anything about my personal life or anything like that. That's not what I do. That's not what I did on Twitter. I've even said, I think I put something out the other night on Twitter that said, it's my one opinion, uh, tweet of the 2020 year or something like that. Uh, because I don't put opinions out there. I don't think that's necessary. Uh, but every once in a while, I limit myself to about three per year. And, um, so I, you know, I just decided to do the Facebook thing because so many people, one of the greatest blessings I've had over the last 12 years was the number of people that I have known all across the state from people in Chardon to people down in Ironton to people in Toledo, which I knew anyhow, to people in Cincinnati and over in Marietta and all along the river from Steubenville down, um, I, I am so blessed to have so many, I'll call them friends. They weren't just professional acquaintances. And when I was let go, that abruptly 
ended. That just abruptly, your contacts, everything. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to reach out to so many of them um, and stay in contact with them because they are friends. I've had associations with them. I know their kids. Um, I, I had to quit sending Christmas cards because I couldn't afford it anymore. But, uh, you know, there's so, there's so many. But, you know, into Zoom. Story. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Long story on that, and I don't mean to make that a long story, but that's one of the reasons why I got back on it, and just to stay in contact with people. Well, again, I appreciate you, and I thank you for coming on here. I always enjoy our chats. I, I very much appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, Northwest Ohio, uh, West Central Ohio. Uh, yeah, we can't get it right either. It's fine. I know. It's just caught in that middle area. But no, no, no. It's been such a, a wonderful part of my life. Uh, I've mentioned to you before that uh, my cousin, John Reed, who I just emulated so much because he, he was a little bit older than me, uh, was the longtime coach at Coldwater before he passed. And, uh, you know, my relationships in the uh, um, broadcasting world, but also in the uh, coaching world and the WBL, uh, I owe so much to the people there that have always been friendly and understood competitions. And uh, I want to end with this, though, if, if I could, Michael. Sure. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people remember Steve Panorwood. And uh, Steve Panorwood was the coach at Salina when I was the head coach at uh, Finley. And I'll never forget, uh, Salina had come off, I believe, the state championship in football. They had Mike Bath. Um, I forget who else they had. I guess they had the team in football. And f- basketball was delayed, you know, the start. And that's tough for a basketball coach. Plus, those guys were football players, but they were all trying to play basketball, late start, all that. I remember Steve Panorwood telling me, it was before social media and all that, sat down with me and, you know, we used to always, there was a period of time where you'd do anything to kick the butt of that uh, opposing coach. And he sat down with me before the game we played. We opened up with him. And he said, you know, we need to be more friendlier to each other as coaches. We need to be more respectful of what the other guy or the other gal does and understand that regardless of their talent, they're working just as hard as we are to try to get the same results and teaching the same lifelong skills. I'll never, ever forget him saying that. And I've never been able to thank him for that because that resonated with me literally the rest of my career and still does to this day. Obviously I remember it, you know, 20 plus years later. So I just thought I'd throw that out, you know, about what uh, your area uh, really means to me. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and I know, I mean, I, I personally, people I deal with, take this for what you want, have never had a bad word to say about Jerry Snodgrass. So at least, uh, in Northwest Ohio or wherever you want to call it, at least in my area, uh, you're, you're number one. Well, I appreciate that. Well, one guy, that, but I think he lives in Arizona. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. He does. That's yeah. true. You know, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I know that people disagreed with decisions I made, and I respect them. I respect th- that's what makes us grow is disagreements. Um, but, you know, regardless of what anyone thought ever, uh, I never did anything for personal gain. I wasn't going to run for governor. I had the ultimate job to give back give back to the same high school coaches, high school teachers um, that, that did something for me. I had the ultimate opportunity to do that. So I can only say that, you know, despite, I'm sure there were people that totally disagreed with me. Um, but my interest was in the overall benefit of the 800 and some schools, 400,000 student athletes, 
70,000 coaches. And those are challenging decisions at times, but that was always at my root. So thank you for that. That's the one and only Jerry Snodgrass. Again, if you'd like to argue with him or tell him you love him, either way. Anytime. At Jerry underscore Snodgrass on Twitter. Back with some more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. As always, can't say enough good things about the breakfast at my place. If you get up early, every once in a while I do, go and make sure that you get a part of that. Hey, something kind of cool. I always want to make sure to point this out because I absolutely love these guys, and I love that they do this every year. Next Wednesday night from 7 to 10 o'clock on Fort Recovery Radio, which you can find on iTunes as well as fortrecoveryradio.com, make sure you tune in. Please make sure you tune in. They have their fifth annual Fort Recovery Radio Christmas Gala. Bob Stogler and the boys do a tremendous job. They're always great to listen to. They've got so many great folks that usually drop in. I don't know how it'll be this year with everything going on, but they come together to celebrate the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of Fort Recovery. They raise a lot of money. The last couple of years, they've raised $100,000 for folks in their community who need help. Uh, People, as the post from Jack Stogler goes on to talk about that I'm reading from that they see every day that unfortunately just need a little bit of extra help. I, I hope that you uh, check this out and that you listen to this because it's one of my favorite things to listen to every year. I, I'm a big fan of these guys anyways as people, but it's it's always a good time and you can help raise money for some folks who uh, are in need and just need a little bit of extra. And At this point in the year, I mean... Don't we all make sure that you are good to one another, be safe and have a great week back next week with even more interviews and thoughts and opinions. I hope you've enjoyed this show here on around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.